0: Hey folks, you're listening to an episode of Cultural Lenses, a show about life from the perspective of an Indian man who grew up in the Middle East and is now living in Canada. Cultural Lenses is hosted by Nikhil Chodimela, otherwise known as LR11, or more simply as LR. The theme song of Cultural Lenses was made by good friends of LR, Revelries. You can find them on Spotify and also on Twitter at Revelries Music. And finally, to keep up with LR and all of what he does, make sure you follow him on Twitter at LR the 11th, on Instagram at LR 11, and on Twitch, where he occasionally streams at twitch.tv slash LR 11. Enjoy the show. Ultra Lenses this is episode twenty-five, and it is twenty twenty-one. Welcome to a new year, a new year full of new and exciting bullshit that I'm ready to talk about. My name's LR Eleven, otherwise known as Nick Hill Chody Mello, otherwise known as LR, which is the same you information you would have gotten from the intro to this, recorded by the ever wonderful Glenn Houston. Glenn with two ends, Houston spelt like Huston. Uh, you can find his links in my description of this episode in the in the in the description of this episode the intro music was made by my friends that i went to high school with revelries uh they do a lot of like deep house remixes uh, of songs of popular songs and they do a lot of their own originals as well Uh, more originals as of late please check them out on spotify and reach out to them on their socials you can find their twitter link also in the description of this episode just a general rehashing of the information uh, you would have already learned today uh, but welcome today uh, we i have an episode lined up for you um i wanted to say before i start like i start off every other episode thank you very much for the continued support i've noticed that there's a trend um with a lot of my episodes are like slow burners like the older episodes are the ones with the with the um play counts going up slowly over time. And um as I was going over them and reading the news to see what kind of bullshit I could talk about before we get into the main topic of the show, because I wanted to talk about um dating apps. Dating apps are gonna be the main thing we talk about this sh- uh, on on today's episode, but I was going through the news sites and the news headlines and I was wondering what, there has to be something else I could supplement that with, because I'm not going to be able to talk about dating apps for that long, but we'll see. I say I want to do shorter episodes, but then they always end up being like 30 plus minutes long. And um, browsing through the, through, you know, my uh, news feeds, through the Twitter feeds, through news headlines. And uh, I found a very interesting article about a Mahjong company that opened up in Texas called Mahjong Line, where three women decided to reintroduce and modernize Mah- uh, Mahjong for a, uh, for a more colorful and playful audience, for a more sophisticated audience. Kate Laguerre, Annie O'Grady, and Bianca Watson um, worked together to develop their own respectful refresh of the game. This is from a, uh, I'm reading, uh, paraphrasing and uh, quoting and reading off an article from the site called The Cut, where they uh, wrote a piece about uh, these uh, three bold and brave and strong women uh, remaking Mahjong and revolu- revolutionizing. <laughs> God fucking damn it, dude, the caucasity of these women. So um, here's what happened. Um three white women found and have been playing the game of mahjong which has um very strong historical cultural roots in China for, for a very very long time and decided that it wasn't colorful enough for them or good enough for them and was just a little too chinese so they decided to modernize it make it colorful and um, sell it at a starting price of $325 and that's right $325 U.S. you can get your very own colorful mahjong set that from everything I've read, uh, there's this one I retweeted this um, um, earlier. Uh, there's a, a lady who did a beautiful breakdown, a very succinct and very wonderful breakdown, and everything wrong with uh, with this. And I just wanted to bring this to light because I noticed that my cultural appropriation episode got a lot of got a lot of plays, a lot more plays than I was expecting, and this very much falls into that where. They took something that just wasn't, you know, they had to, they had to, they took something that wasn't theirs. See, like, I, I, I was trying to figure out a really good way of how to explain, you know, the issues with taking something with such strong historical roots where, um, not roots, but strong historical, cultural, like design choices and decisions and there's a reason why mahjong tells it the way they do now admittedly i don't know too much about mahjong but this post and this like this news i only learned of today has gotten me very excited um so i i want to look deeper into mahjong but bringing back to cultural appropriation they decided that it wasn't they didn't want to learn they didn't want to take the time to learn um why things were designed in certain ways um, because they, they, when they found uh, it was old and boring or it was a little too uh, confusing. Some of the designs on like traditional mahjong sets. And so, so we decided to give it a refreshing update. Go fuck yourself. All that All that you're saying is that I'm too lazy to learn and I want things to be done for me. So I'm going to change it so that it suits me better and completely invalidate and dismiss and throw away an entire culture and its history. That's all you're saying. Um, it's the same thing that you know. It's like, uh, um, any time I anytime I'd get sick, uh, growing up, uh, there were two things my mother would offer me. It's either uh, turmeric uh, in in hot milk or black pepper in hot milk to kind of deal with uh, cause of like flu-like or cold-like symptoms. And now you have turmeric lattes for like six dollars when you can buy a bag of turmeric for like $3, two dollars. <laughs> um. It is, um, it is shockingly short-sighted and shockingly insensitive that somebody would start a company like this. Now, if you really, really like Mahjong and you're like, shit, I fucking love this game. I want more people to play it. Why isn't it more accessible or available? Or why don't more people know about it in the States? I'm going to go talk to the Chinese communities and I'm going to go find people who actually make artisanal sets and see if I could work with them and give them a platform for it if you don't have any cultural roots to the product why are you making it why are you taking it and making it your own and deciding that you've reinvented and you're you're modernizing it and evolving it like the using the word evolve when you're talking about uh, something like this in this situation is a it's not even a microaggression at that point it's a massive like racist like aggression you've deemed that culture to be too primitive and their designs to be too primitive for you to enjoy so you have to take it and evolve it um again there's so many things that could have been done like sure okay you know maybe not everybody would like it uh, having all these colorful playful mahjong tile sets but if you worked with actual uh with people who had actual like um, like, like, who were actually Chinese or had some sort of attachment to the game or to the culture, and you're like, hey, I need you to help me find designers who would help me make this look like how I want it to look, but without offending you, then we'd be having a whole other conversation. Then this wouldn't even be an issue. And then I tried to think of like, what is something else like this that we could compare it to? And I was thinking, but what if somebody did this with chess? The, the main issue with, that I see, like the differences that I see here between Mahjong and chess is that chess has a shared global culture, sh- shared global connection? Um, without even researching this, which is why it's important uh, that I wanted to talk about chess. Is I don't know the origin of chess. I do not know the origin of chess, but chess is, has a shared like global um, community. It's it's a, it's a uh, to some extent it has a global culture, and so people. But it doesn't have any, except for the actual structure of the pieces, it doesn't have any symbols, it doesn't have any colors or anything except for black or white that are associated with any kind of culture or race. So you could go crazy with chess as long as you have a clear contrast and difference in in the colors in the pieces. You know, as long as you have a black or a white, it could be a red or a blue, it could be a green or yellow, as long as there's a clear difference in, in the colors. You could make and design chess any way you want, as long as the colors were uh, had high enough contrast. That you could designate them, at, like denote them as two different colors, and you could make out what pieces were what. But with something like mahjong, which is so much attached and tied to cultural identity and their history, and then you're going to take it and completely whitewash it—that's not okay. Um, since then, they've changed their. Um, about us on their website just look up mahjong line and you'll find them um and i'm going to open this up right now they've changed it to some like youtube apologist uh description it is um sad it is very sad that the people who because they they've um i was the articles and stuff i was reading going over the place they hired like professional um, PR teams and design firms to help them sit down and work with them on this. And none of them said anything either. Because sure as shit, if this opportunity was ever presented to us at school, or because at, at school there were some courses where you'd actually work with clients to help them solve some real design issues. If we ever had them as a client, I would tell them to go fuck themselves (laughs) or tell them at least at the very least. No, I wouldn't actually say that. But at the very least, I tell them you have to work with people in the community. You have to work with Mahjong players. You have to bring light to people who actually do artisanal, uh, who make artisanal Mahjong tiles, because apparently that's also a dying culture because they just can't keep up with mass produced uh, companies that mass produce the tiles. Here's their, here's their About Us from the Mahjong line. We launched this company in November of 2020 with pure intentions and a shared love for the game of American Mahjong. And there it is. That's the first first um, sign of them saying, we're not accepting any of our, like, any whatever you're calling us out for, we're not accepting any responsibility. You guys are wrong because we're talking about American Mahjong, not some Chinese Mahjong. That's what that line is saying. Our mission is to combine our passion for art and color alongside the fun of the game while seeking to appeal to novices and experienced players alike. American Mahjong tiles have evolved for many decades and we'd like to be part of this evolution in the most respectful and authentic way possible. I'm not going to read the rest of it because the rest of it makes me sick, but that's bullshit. Anyways, um, don't... (laughs) Go learn about Mahjong. I'm going to learn about Mahjong. I think I might do the next episode about Mahjong because from everything I've seen about it in different movies and, and in other places, it seems like a very um, calculated and kind of intense, chaotic kind of game. Uh, just in terms of the gameplay, I don't, not in terms of behavior or anything like that, just in terms of like what's going on and how the moves are made. It's just like, it's interesting. It pulls me in every time I see it, but then I've never been too much of a board game player until last year when I got pulled into, was it last year? Are we coming up on two years? We're in 20, 20 anyways, anyways. Um, yeah, yeah. Mahjong line terrible people i don't even know if that came through because of the voice suppression. i'm getting a new mic by the way so get ready in feb we're gonna have some crisper sounding episodes um so dating apps so what happened i'll be honest <laughs> again i'm very honest i think when i do this but i didn't have a plan for what i was going to record today i was uh, sitting and thinking of uh, what to do what to record what to talk about and uh and I, w- I was blanking a little bit because I've had kind of like a slow kind of just chilled, chilled out time between Christmas, New Year's, um, happy new year, by the way, everybody. Um, and I was having, Oh, you know, it was just kind of a laid back time. So I haven't really been doing much thinking or preparing for things. And then, um, me and some friends, uh, me and one friend in particular, we were sitting in a uh, discord, uh, which is a, uh, um, it's kind of like slack or kind of like, uh, it's just, a you know, you can sit in servers or channels and voice chat with people. It's a, it's a, it's an application used primarily by uh, gamers, but has since been used by, uh, is being used by a lot of people. We were sitting in discord and they, uh, they decided to share their screen of them because you can do that now from your phone of them, uh, uh, of their Tinder. And a a few other people joined and we were all doing this. And eventually I was also sharing my screen of what my Tinder looks like. And it became this really fun thing. And um, I didn't mean to, definitely not a social experiment. I'm not going to make it seem like I'm smarter than I actually am. But (laughs) um, it was just interesting observing the way um, people um, make judgments. um, And also just thinking about dating apps in general, because we were going through her Dating app. I'm going through my dating app, and um, it's it's very it's very obvious the 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 main difference between um somebody who identifies as a as a as a woman um and a somebody who identifies as a man's like dating apps. The the main difference is almost immediately, uh, women get matches almost all the time, and this is also I will say for full disclosure, this is off just. Um, observing one woman's, um, app, um, I cannot say that this is the case for certain, um, but just observing her app and she's very attractive. Um, she, she, she was matching with almost everybody we'd swiped right on, uh, because we were playing a game also where it was a couple of us. So we get to vote. It was a little fun thing where we'd get to vote on whether to swipe uh, left, which is for no, and swipe right, which is for yes. And she'd go by majority votes unless she decided that she wanted to particularly swipe left or right on that individual. Um, Cause so she could override if she chose to, but she, 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 she rarely let that happen. And, um, you know, we're, we're doing it. We're having fun. We're having a few laughs, talking about people, talking about the, the way they present themselves, making fun of, you know, um, having some fun about people's bios and how they present themselves in words versus how they present themselves in texts and, lots of like funny, silly pictures, lots of funny, silly, um, bios, um, some of the matches or some of the very entirely creepy ways some men would message. So, you know, just sitting there thinking, you know, you're watching, you know, going through her, her Tinder, going through my Tinder, um, the, the main difference being the number of matches, uh, that women, uh, that she was getting which and the number of matches I wasn't getting at all because again, this was like a live stream. Like we were sharing our screens to each other. We could see how we were swiping on our phones. Um, Which just reinforces the idea of, to me at least, of how difficult it can be for uh, men on dating apps. But that's also because, From all the stories online, from friends, from family, I've heard of men on dating apps. It is not surprising why the one dude, one dude matched with her and he said, Hey, little troublemaker. And it was the most. Oh, oh, that gave me an aneurysm. Oh, no, it was creepy. Please. Oh, for the love of God. Hey, little troublemaker why now i'm all for not just going hey smiley face on a dating app when you match with somebody but i'm also i'm also a fan of not being a creep or being very like suggestive yet still very strong on the creepy vibes that's that's i think the, the the main issue um now i've never liked dating apps because for me it is difficult to um a apart from me not getting many matches because it seems like vancouver doesn't like brown boys uh, for whatever reason or i just have shit pictures or maybe they don't like the beard or maybe i'm just tattoo a bit chubby for them whatever be the case not putting myself down by the way just wondering more so than anything else um dating apps were never for me because i it's difficult for me to make a connection with somebody purely over text. I've done that before, but that was over like a long period of time. And then really there was no like romantic uh, intentions behind it or like I wasn't trying to pursue anything, you know, because I've made a lot of friends online through Twitch chats, through online chats um, that I play with and I, that I game with Um so I'm not saying it's not possible to make a connection and and, and form a bond of a relationship but we're talking about dating apps where the whole point is kind of the the atmosphere and the tone are is already like centered and and established to be romantic in nature. It is difficult for me to make such a rapid human and personal connection with somebody over a dating app, especially when I don't get matches and they don't respond. The few times I have gotten matches, i never get a response back and I don't know what it is. Um, and I'm just, I, I want to make it clear. I'm just thinking out loud here. This is again, just me giving you my thoughts and opinions. it's no, this is not a pity party is like, Oh, boohoo. I don't get matches. No, no. Um, dating apps are just not for me. I have to find and pursue other avenues of meeting, uh, People and getting to know people and get out of my comfort zone and you know given that I am a of the age of millennial of my people, dating apps are the kind of go to, but it is very much a visual medium. It is very much a visual and surface level kind of subjective decision making system. Because sure, you know, like not all interesting and fun people hang out with are very compelling, um, in written word. And not all attractive people are good at taking pictures or not everybody's into the conventional kind of like standard beauty, beauty types that people are into. I, I don't even know what I'm saying at this point. I'm, like there's so many different things that people look for and are attracted to and not everybody's going to always match up to them. But also, if you're making a decision based solely on looks and how their bios are, um, it is going to be very, it's going to be a very hard time. It's going to be difficult because, you know, the one thing that I will stick to is that not all interesting, compelling people are necessarily good with their words on text. Or in written form. And so they might not be great uh, written conversationalists uh, over text, but once you actually get to chat with them and meet them, they might be fantastic people and they might be your type of people. But dating apps have kind of like um, imprisoned people in this very like narrow box of thinking and of doing things. Um, but I don't, it's, it's, it's not so much of an issue. I think if you just temper your expectations, right? There's no, I'm not here to point out a flaw or an issue with dating apps. They're just not for me. Um, I'm very much the get to know you, get to meet you and like, let's do something in person and let's chat in person so I can feel your vibe. So I can hear your voice so I can, I can empathize with you. So I can get a feel for who you are as a person. And then I can tell you whether or not I'm interested. So at the very least, uh, it seems like, especially during COVID what a lot of the apps innovated on, um, was providing ways of communicating while being socially distanced. So like Hinge, for example, gives you the ability to make voice and video chats, um, which I think is awesome because that way they're also thinking about their future in the place in regards to their competitors, but also while keeping people safe. Because Tinder is primarily used for hookups, or at least that's what the culture of Tinder is like. You're just going on to Tinder for sex. Um Tinder Hinge and Bumble are like the main dating apps I've used. Not really had a lot of success with them. Bumble's the one I really like though. From a, a design perspective, it is, it's it's a lot less busy than Tinder has now become. It's a lot cleaner. I like the colors that are a little softer. They're not as like fiery red for passion and sex. Bumble's like a nice soft yellow, pastel colors. Um Gives you like a nice, warmer, cozier feeling, but it also gives the power to the women, primarily. You know, if you match, um, if two people match on Bumble, um, the woman um, has to decide, has to say yes within 24 hours. They have 24 hour window. Say yes, I want to pursue having a conversation with this individual. Because then that just filters out like the creeps and stuff that uh, women deal with, because. From everything from people saying, "Hey, little troublemakers are sending unsolicited dick pictures." Um, women go through a lot on the internet and on social media and on dating apps, but they don't have to work hard if they see if they want to match with people usually um, because because I don't I don't even know the numbers or the statistics, but I would imagine that active men on dating apps outnumber them outnumber active women and so you'll probably have like several men swiping right which is a yes on the same girl whereas the same girl would have to sit and decide and go kind of go through the bios and make her choice based on uh, the pictures which is understandable especially given that the quality of men often lack quite heavily on dating apps and we were looking through some of these pictures on my friend's bio and she uh, she's from a uh, central part of the United States. And boy, let me tell you, Trump was, uh, uh, very prominent, at least not, not like visually explicitly stating Trump anywhere in their pictures, but you could tell they were Trumpians very much so. And it was, uh, the quality was lacking like, after a certain point. But that's, um, those, I just wanted to share that, uh, about dating apps and that little story of what happened because we were just hanging out, you know, um, kind of doing the swiping back and forth and just chatting and just enjoying the, the foolishness that were some people's profiles, um, either visually or through their bio. And I don't know, it got me thinking about wanting to talk about dating apps because, um, that is a big part of our culture. I'm, I'm curious as to how dating apps are in India. I've used dating apps only here in Canada, and um, I've not had much luck out here in Vancouver. Most likely, it is because I'm not setting up my profile right. Uh, I'm very much like what you see is what you get. And I have a few decent pictures, but I don't take a lot of pictures of myself. Um, but I do think there's a, a little bit of a prejudice against brown boys in vancouver but we could go into that at a different point but thank you very much for listening for today i hope it was a fun episode you uh, hear me rant about cultural appropriation and about dating apps um i hope everybody's had a wonderful time being safe during new year's and during the christmas um as i was saying earlier i got a new mic so coming in feb sometime in feb whenever one of those episodes comes out um my mic will sound different and i'd love for you to all hear me uh Give me some feedback on on the change in audio quality um I do want to apologize for the uh audio levels on the previous episode um but thank you to everybody who did listen. I had a great time. I always have a great time talking to to vlad and Brandon. They're wonderful people they're they're my brothers I do just about anything for them and um they're very funny and i hope I hope some of that came through. I hope I captured some of the uh magical interactions in 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 the right light. Um, because I literally would do just about anything for them. But thank you very much for listening. Please stay safe. Wash your hands. Tell your loved ones you love them. Wear a mask. And I will see you guys next week. Take care.